Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Earlier on The Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. It's The Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Bench you out of the gun. First and 10 for the Colts. In motion right side. Josh down. Shotgun snap again. Left side give. Here's Jonathan Taylor again. Cuts it up. 50. He's at the 40. In Saints territory. Still going. And he's tackled and pushed forward from behind. Inside the 20-yard line. An explosive run for Jonathan Taylor. All the way down to the Saints 18. Bench you out of the gun. In motion right side is Michael Pittman Jr. Ball in the near hash. And Pittman is wide open on the near flat. He's at the five, diving for the pylon on the far sideline. Give it to him. No signal yet. There it is. Touchdown. Back in his row is Carr. Has time. Checks it down over the middle. Caught by Camara. He's at the 10. He's at the five. And he jumps his way closer to the goal line. In fact, he's in. Taysom Hill's back in. They snap it directly to him. Runs it off tackle right side. He's at the 10. Angling for the pylon. And he's in. Colts lead by a field goal. Derek Carr goes out of the gun. Three receivers left. He backs to throw. He plants. Looking. Taking another shot downfield. It's got a man. And that's a catch. 10-5. Touchdown. Wow. Minshew looking over that five down lineman approach. Backs to throw. Taking a handoff. Throws on the run. Fires downfield. And it is picked off inside the five-yard line. Offset eye. They give it to Kamara right up the gut. He's at the 10. He's at the five. And he's in there. Touchdown. Alvin Kamara. His second touchdown today. It's Hill. As the quarterback. Saunders is his fullback. Saunders blocking left. Hill going that way. Spinning across the goal line. Touchdown for the Saints. What a weapon. Minshew behind the line of scrimmage. Taking a shot for the end zone. Has a man. That's Andrew Ogletree. Did he make the catch? He did! He did! It covers 33 yards! That's just what the doctor ordered for the Colts. It's third and 13 here. Eric Carr goes out of the gun. He's going to pass. The Colts bring in heat. He's going to air it out downfield. Has a man open. That's a basket catch. That's Rashid Shahid. And he's down inside the Coca-Cola red zone down to the 16-yard line. Tony Brown in coverage, but he was beat. Shahid has done a lot of damage today to the Colts' corners. Yeah, you got my back against the wall. I tell you, Mark Dyson got in here early. He made that montage. Listening at the beginning, oh boy, wow, that's when Jonathan Taylor actually got the ball. How about that? (laughs) How about that? Welcome in. Uh, It's a Monday here on The Fan. It's a Reaction Monday. He's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. Mark Dyson is back from doing whatever you do in Wisconsin. Hopefully you you brought some beer back for the boys. Booze and water slides. Good God. No, we need it for that. (laughs) KB, a very good morning. Um, a disastrous Sunday in Lucas Oil. What else can you say? One in ten, one in nine, I should say. The last two games at Lucas Oil, three and five on the season. What happened with Jonathan Taylor? Another interception from Minshew, and um, we sit here now, eight games into the season. KB, a three and five football team that in the next couple days is going to have to make some decisions whether they want to keep some guys on this team. A very good morning to you. At least your Irish one, though. Look at that. Big yeah, I saw one of the um, one of the construction workers there at 16th and um, uh, Capital. I think just beat Tony Brown on a go route before starting uh, his morning shift on this Monday morning. Uh, the worst defensive performance of the season, bar none. Uh, obviously, you can point to a lot of the issues with that third cornerback spot and Tony Brown. 
Uh, your defensive line, again, just library quiet. You can't have that with all the investments. You can't have that when you're facing a Derek Carr. Um, and, and, a, and a Saints team that I think has some skill players. You know, we kind of talked about it all week long leading into it. Uh, their O-line and their quarterback play has been the issue, but when you let them operate like they did, uh, they're going to have time to make plays, and they certainly did that. And now that's three straight losses, and you know, we have, it's become all too common of an occurrence, Andy. It's almost like a Halloween ritual here in this market where as of late, you get to Halloween and you're like, damn, it's turning into like mock draft season. And the margin just thins and thins and thins. The inability to win at home. I mean, one in nine in your last 10 games inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. And if you look at the AFC right now, you look at the 16 teams in this conference, Andy, you're only better than one of them by record. It's New England. That's the only team below you right now in the AFC when you look at these 16 teams. Um, and, and, and yesterday, I thought you got back into that Shane Steichen kind of game management, whether it was the abandonment of the run. I would take it a step further. Yes, it was Taylor, but I thought they just got away from the run game. I mean, Zach Moss busted a 41-yarder there in the in the second half. You, you moved it. The best drive of your second half was when you ran it with Moss, actually. And I thought you got away from your strength again. Uh, and then, obviously, just sticking with Tony Brown throughout that game. Uh, no in-game benching, nothing. Um, a, a career special teamer, a guy that didn't even practice on Friday. I think people forgot he was questionable for the game. He had a ribs injury. Like, it wasn't even a slam dunk. He would play in the game, and Shane's talking afterwards like, oh, no, we felt good about Tony all week long and the plan and this and that. Yeah, you didn't. Um, <laughs> clearly, the Saints felt good about their plan and throwing at him on a down-in, down-out basis. So, uh, 24, 36 hours ahead of the NFL trade deadline. Uh, I will echo what I said last week. You need to look long and hard at moving pieces that you do not view as part of your future. Uh, and I did not feel that way on Thursday and Friday last week. We talked about this. You, you were very strong. Hey, if you're not going to utilize these pieces next season, then you need to do something. And I was very much, and I don't know why, KB, I don't know why, I was very much a let's kind of wait and see what's going to happen in this game. Because I could still paint the picture. I guess here's the thing, and, and I and I understand that I'm new to the show. I Perhaps... Perhaps we're being too nice to the Colts. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm a huge part of that. Maybe I'm a contributing factor, KB, to some of this because I kept saying last week. Listen, listen, you're three and four. This is a team in the Saints that has lost four out of their last five games, and the only game they won wedged in there was a blowout win against New England, who we know is at the who is a bottom of the barrel team this season. Who is going to be going through, you know, potentially going through GM, coaching, quarterback? I mean, the big three when you talk about changes to any NFL team. But you could paint the picture. If you show up in this one and you get to 500, at that point, Carolina had not won a game. They won yesterday, beat the Texans, by the way. Carolina had not won a game. And we talked about how bad the Patriots are. And that's the nicest thing I can say today is can they get to 5-5? Five and five? I mean, it's the, it's the only positive spin because you had the Saints walk into Lucas Oil and open up the bag. 
and open up the offensive bag. They got two running backs, three running backs. Carr got in, uh, got involved. Taysom Hill got involved. Taysom Hill was a huge part. I mean, they had all these red zone issues. Red zone issues. Wow, they can't score in the red zone. Had no problems yesterday. Um, this team is not deep enough, and we knew it, to be able to sustain a suspension like Grover Stewart. A couple guys not show up, and then the injuries they have had specifically at defensive back. So, I don't know. To me, there are big-time narratives. You can't win at Lucas Oil. You're 3-5 and five now with us talking today and tomorrow about you selling. This is now, what, three games, at least back-to-back games, where the in-game management, not the initial game plan, but the in-game management of your head coach has not been very good, and you lose to a ho-hum team that, again, lost four out of their last five. You ran the ball six times in the second half. Jonathan Taylor touched the ball. Your first play of the third quarter did not touch it again until damn near, what, nine minutes to go in the game. I I just, I don't even know what to say uh, about that. I mean, listen, we'll we'll, we'll get into it. 2-3-9-10-70, but yesterday was a disappointing one, and now you look at the season, and I I don't know what the objective here is the rest of the way. It feels like it's settled in that there's no Anthony Richardson. Now you're settled into the middle of a football season where these guys are going to have to figure something out somewhere along the line. You know, I think what adds to the frustration yesterday, Andy, one and nine in your last ten at Lucas Oil speaks for itself. But let's look at the reasons why you lost yesterday. You lost yesterday because you committed to a youth movement at corner and whether it was after the Stephon Gilmore trade, after the suspension of Isaiah Rodgers, after the injury situation with Juju Brents or Dallas Flowers, you were gung-ho about sticking to this youth movement. Yet, you let Darius Rush go at the end of the preseason cuts when I'm thinking to myself, boy, that would be a guy that at some point you would like to turn to. You think you want to turn to a career special teamer in Tony Brown? And for those unfamiliar, which I would guess a lot of people are unfamiliar with Tony Brown before yesterday, he is a nickel corner. He is a slot corner more than an outside corner. I was, I cannot tell you how stunned I was on the opening snap when I saw him lined up outside. I thought to myself, wait a minute. Tony Brown, the guy that didn't practice Friday, the guy that is just a slot corner and has what? Barely, I mean, he is a, he is, uh, I'm trying to think of old Colts special teams guru. Jamie Silva, (laughs) you know, all these like Colts special teamers. That's why he's still in the league, Andy, not because he plays corner. So the, probably the biggest positional offseason question was a reason why you lost. Then you point to your defensive line, which again is supposed to be an on-paper strength. It's supposed to be an invest it is a heavily invested group and you hit Derek Carr twice yesterday. Twice. Buckner had the strip sack and one other hit. That was it. Your your, your pass rush again, totally quiet and to me, Andy, I put more onus on that group. Yesterday with the corners almost to be expected. But your defensive line You should have higher expectations. So those are the two reasons. And then you flip over to the other side of the ball. And again, your strength on that side of the ball is what? It's a duo of Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss. I want to make sure I have these numbers right because they are incredibly eye-popping to me, Andy, in an absolutely positive light. Jonathan Taylor yesterday carries the ball 12 times for 95 yards. That is a yards per carry of 7.9. Zach Moss... 11 carries for 66 yards. That is a yards per carry of 6.0. I'm guessing here, Andy, I bet in the 40-year history of the Indianapolis Colts, 
there is not more than one or two games. They have had two running backs carry the ball at least double digits. We're talking 12 and 11 and have yards per carry numbers north of six. We all watch running backs around the NFL. You don't have that effectiveness. And for you to abandon the run game, again, yes, I thought the lack of usage for Taylor stands out, but I thought in general you just got away from the run game in a contest that the score was really back and forth, one-score game until early, early in that fourth quarter. It's not like you were coming from behind and had to chuck it all over the field. So you point to the three reasons why you lost. Stubborn off-season plan at corner, and then arguably your best strength defensively, your D-line, and your best strength offensively, your running back duo, that to me I think just adds to the frustration. This was not Minshew five turnovers. This yeah. was not he, he had a know, ba- he had a bad play, sure. but for the, but for the most part, right? He was asked to do quite a bit in the second half. You're putting stuff on his plate like he's Mahomes, like he's Hurts, like he's you know Josh. Like he, he's one of these quarterbacks, and to me, that is just not a recipe for success at all. And now you sit here with the midway point of the season this week, and again, I, in, in my opinion, you have to have a very real question about how you handle the trade deadline. Uh, coming up on Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, you've seen the stats out there. Tony Brown, uh, the next-gen stats, seven catches against him for a buck 87 and a touchdown. That's in 27 snaps. You saw the one that ended the game. Uh, we'll get to some Tony Brown sound. We have Shane Steichen sound, Gardner Minshew as we go today. We'll take your calls, 239-1070 as we go as well. And this is a, it's a Jonathan Taylor thing, but it's a running thing as well. You know, I thought as after Moss busted the big play for 41 yards. There's five minutes and change to go there. I mean, this is, this is a long time to go in this game. It's 21-20, and you bust third that Third quarter, long, right? Yeah, it's yeah. five yeah. minutes to go in the third quarter, and you bust that long run, then you do go back to a, a run there, and then that's ultimately where you have the bad interception. And I know you were at the game. Mark, I assume you were watching it with the sound up. Yes. I'm watching it. You know what the Sanchez, you know what Mark Sanchez is talking about before they throw the pick. The Colts are getting what they want on the ground. They need to keep running. So while this is not totally a JT thing, that would have been the perfect time where after a 41-yard run when you're controlling things and the game's 21-20 and you're in field goal range to put Jonathan Taylor back in the game. And again, you could keep running Moss there, but if I'm going to feed Moss is probably tired. Sure, that's what I'm thinking. He just had a 41-yard play. He got another, what, three, four-yard run. Okay, now let's go go back to Jonathan Taylor. and, And I I don't know if that is something that Steichen, that's the type of play that other quarterbacks that he has coached, other offenses that he has been in charge of uh, can come up with, but not there. And then, you know, if you go right back to the, you know, they come down and score, it's 28-20 and you're at the end of the third quarter. Oh, so again, three straight runs so, after so, that. So, so again, you have this, it goes first and 10 and you get lucky that it is an incompletion and it's not a fumble from Gardner Minshew and then it's pass, pass, punt. And so, you know, when I'm picking on Steichen, whether it be abandoning the run or abandoning Jonathan Taylor, those are the two types 
times that I'm specifically talking about. When it's 21-20, you get the run, you see what is working there, and then when it's 28-20, you have you know a little bit of the third quarter, and KB, you have the entire fourth quarter, and you get lucky that it's not a fumble, and then you go pass, pass, and at that point, uh, at that point, New Orleans started to do what you said, and that's they got what they wanted basically in the fourth quarter. And I'll echo what I said a couple weeks ago, Andy, when they kind of threw up the white flag in Jacksonville and didn't even really attempt to run it in that game. To me, you commit to a run game because you know the early investments might not be there, but you're hoping to reap something in the second half. When did Moss hit the 41-yarder? Third quarter. Third quarter, five minutes Look to go. Look at Jonathan Taylor's career. The big plays for Taylor, the vast majority of them come in the second halves of games. What happened with the Saints all week long? They had like a rather serious illness going through their entire football Guys team. Guys said they had diarrhea. Everyone had diarrhea. Michael Thomas <laughs> said he had nine IV bags oh, Saturday man. and Sunday. It's like a weekend in Vegas. I think I'd want to test that. I think I would want to say, okay, 60 minutes, ground and pound. This is our strength. You clearly couldn't stop it in the first quarter. That was one of the best first quarters Jonathan Taylor's ever had in his career. And yet again, you kind of let off the gas and say, you know what? 60-minute boxing match, yeah, we're going to let up there in rounds 8, 9, 10 when you could have your opponent on the ropes. So that just adds to uh, my disagreement there with how you handled it. In no game right now, in especially a one-possession back-and-forth affair, should Taylor and Moss combine for 23 carries and Gardner Minshew chuck it 41 Times. I'm Kevin Bowen. He is Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton and Andy Sweeney both watch their teams. Oh, just unbelievable. I kind of I just, was watching NyQuil, basically. I, in, in, the, in the Fortunate the, the Chargers in my Survivor League helps us move on. Thank you, Mark. Here's where I'm at. The kid was up. It was kind of a long weekend, so I'm dog-tired. The Colts lost. Uh, me and Mark are sitting here as, as, as you know, beaten man. And then, uh, men, I should say, and then, like, I have no brain today, okay? And that's probably, you know, listeners are probably fine with that. And then I'm taking out the trash last night. You know, you take the old trash bin out to the, out to the street so they can pick it up this morning phone falls out of the pocket kb broken screen oh my gosh Bro- broken screen and of course it's out of the you know two years apple care because it's an iphone of 12 course. max and people don't care so what do you do you just spend 300 dollars on a new one or no you just go and you, you 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 do the at&t or verizon and you pay whatever it is a month and you just get a new phone so that's where i'm going after happy monday after after my the show monday today was to do that Ugh. i smoked the baby gate this morning took the entire baby <laughs> gate down and max woke up Oh, no. That's always fun. Like, oh, imagine the no. you know the, the, the aircraft carrier oh. sound machine not being loud enough to where I was so loud running over the baby gate oh. that Max woke up. So oh. let's just say Maddie Bowen, uh, <laughs> very understandably, not too happy. By were, the way, Maddie were, and Rosie were at the game yesterday. And were they really? Good for Maddie them. Maddie said to Rosie, Mommy, or uh, Maddie said to Rosie, yes. Uh, Rosie, <laughs> we're here to cheer for the Colts. She goes, we're here to cheer for the cheerleaders. <laughs> you know what? Good and, enough. And they might have, you know, cheerleaders in a Halloween costume, I can probably get behind. Uh, shout out to fair point. <laughs> shout out to a couple listeners that were sitting oh, behind man. Maddie. I want to make sure I get uh, their names right. Andrew, Brandon, and Jake on this Monday morning. Maddie said they were great. See, they should have played and a joke on your family and talked junk about you, man. This, this bone guy's in AH, man. What's he going to so, say about this game on Monday? Unfortunately, the far too often theme of watching a losing product inside oh. of Lucas Oil Stadium was there for the home fans on Sunday. All right, we'll obviously get your reactions to it all. Three one. 
877-239-1070 at KBO and 1070 on Twitter at the only Sweeney. Ugly week, ugly Ooh. forecast for Halloween tomorrow. Not ideal at all. Uh, thank you for tuning in, though. It is the wake up call with KB and Andy on 93.5-1075, the fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Uh, some scheduling stuff. Colts roundtable tonight at 5.30 on the fans. So a little bit less of JMV. And then Pacers-Bulls coverage beginning at 6.30. Uh, KB, I did see Halliburton jaw at a fan in that game. I love that stuff. Oh, that was great. Well, <laughs> and, and I honestly, absolutely love it. Just closer Tyrese Halliburton. You know, every NBA team, you know, what do you look like in those final few minutes? You know, that's when possessions get a little slow, a little bit more half-court based. Uh, and Halliburton, some big, big threes on Saturday night as the Pacers move to 2-0. I was saying this to JMV yesterday morning. It's rare that I like go into an NBA game and think to myself, like, not must win, but like the Pacers should really win this game. Saturday night was one of those. Cleveland was on a back-to-back. No Donovan Mitchell, no Darius Garland, no Jared Allen. Uh, we talked about it last week. That's a team that finished, obviously, above you in the standings. You would think at the end of the year they're going to be around you, or you would hope uh, that you're in that range. So important for the Pacers to get that victory. And once again, the second unit, uh, outstanding on Saturday night. You know what it always makes me think of? You know the the, uh, the movie Moneyball where Brad Pitt is like, hey, listen, if they're going to give you a walk or they're going to throw a ball, you just go ahead and take it. Well, if Cleveland's going to go ahead and just rest their entire yeah. team right. and you're the Indiana Pacers, well, you walk in and you go ahead and you take that victory. I think back to a game last year <laughs> over here at Gamebridge Fieldhouse where that was one of those like Brooklyn net rest games. Yeah. You know, Duran, oh, Kyrie, sure. you know, all these guys sure. resting. and. And the Pacers lost. So, you know, those nights present itself. Oh, sure they do. It's your job to take advantage of them. The Pacers did after a slow start in that first quarter. All right, obviously reacting. Tons of phone calls today. We'll get to them here in just a second. 239-1070 if you're joining us on the wake-up call. Uh, Again, just to to kind of go over what I said, I I think there are are big-picture items. The fact they can't win in Lucas Oil. I think some of the in-game, middle-of-the-game Shane Steichen stuff – is, I mean, this is a couple games now to where I think he's been good on the front end of the game. Maybe not so much uh, in the middle of the game. Tony Brown was an absolute disaster yesterday. Again, in just 27 snaps, seven uh, seven uh, catches, a buck 87, and a touchdown. All the running stuff, only six rushes in the entire second half. Jonathan Taylor, just two touches in the second half. We can dive to all of that. And you know what's also kind of frustrating about it all, KB? is you did kind of have the football gods smile on you a little bit. You know, I mean, like, you know, I mean, Gardner Minshew had an incompletion that was very, very close to being a fumble. It would have been a scoop and score. That would have been a substantial play. But they also, you know, it's mid-third quarter. Now, this is the possession before Moss breaks off the big 41-year-old, 41-yard gain. Um, You have Chris Olave have a ball hit him dead square in the helmet, in the face mask. I mean, that is a walk 
walk-in touchdown. That's a walk-in touchdown that is taken off the board. So again, the game's 21-20 at that point. You have Chris Olave have it go off his face mask, and then you move the ball. You're running the football, and you have a chance. And to me, that is where the Pittman, uh, you know, double move, whatever it was, you look in the end zone, Minshew throws the interception, the combined with the football gods trying to smile down on you, and then that, you know, not incompletion, should have been that interception to me. That really is where things started to change with about five minutes to go in the third quarter. Yeah, and, and you know, again, the, the usage of Jonathan Taylor uh, to me is pretty obvious, especially when it was clear from him and Shane Steichen. Uh, that there was no injury situation involving him. But I I just thought you got away from your run game way too much. And, you know, it's a lot of blind loyalty with Gardner Minshew right now. And, again, Minshew stayed away from, like, the multiple catastrophic turnovers. He obviously had one yesterday. But, Andy, it's not like you were throwing it with great success. Gardner Minshew ended the game with five yards per pass attempt. That's not good for those unfamiliar with what that stat usually means. 23 of 41. Yeah, and what was it? 213 yards? Uh, That is not good whatsoever. So uh, when you have a stretch in the game, I believe there was a five-drive stretch where you combined to score three points. So it's not like, Andy, you were moving it through the air and you were scoring on a consistent basis. You hit a big lull there when New Orleans kept on scoring, kept on scoring, kept on scoring. And, and that contributed to it. Again, I thought it was the worst game of the season for Gus Bradley's unit by far. Uh, New Orleans had 38 points. That's three straight games you've allowed over 37. I think that's a bit of a skewed number, though, because, again, you didn't have the multiple turnovers contributing to either direct points, like right. Cleveland did yesterday. Yeah, this one's worse. Or short fields. Right. You look at New Orleans' seven scoring drives, Andy. All seven of them went at least 58 yards. So, I mean, these are long scoring drives for a unit that if you look at New Orleans' season so far, they can't score. The one game they scored was New England, and that was, you know, Honey Badger pick six. And, you know, they had several turnovers in that game, a lot of long field goals in that game. That kind of helped their scoring numbers. This was just routinely going up and down the field on you with no pass rush whatsoever. And then obviously roasting. Uh, Tony Brown. I sit here on Monday, Andy, and I'm thinking to myself, there is so much good that Shane Steichen has done offensively. So much good. Again, the Colts, once again, hit that 20-point mark. Hell, they hit it before the first half. But I still have some questions game management. and You have to. I, you have to. I would say it started probably midway through the second quarter, maybe late in the second quarter. But... Every single defensive drive that started, I looked down and thought, is Tony Brown still in the game? And that's where, as a head coach, you not fully cognizant of what's going on defensively and who is getting burnt defensively. How is there not more of a serious discussion in-game of, hey, you think we should bench Tony? You think we should try something different? You know, I brought up late last week... You know, what about Kenny Moore outside? Get Nick Cross on the field a little bit more. Julian Blackman's a guy that has played nickel for you before. It's not like it'd be some foreign concept to him. All of a sudden, boom, Blackman's on the field. And I think the other frustrating part is when you have losses, and this kind of goes with Gardner Minshew at quarterback, the Anthony Richardson experience with losses it would leave you a little bit more content of like, oh wait, at least he's growing. At least he is getting exposure to these moments. 
Andy, Tony Brown is not some young, important draft pick that you want to grow. Tony Brown's been in the NFL for six years. He's an undrafted free agent. Like It's not like you have this investment in him. So the thinking I have with the thought I brought up last week of if you were to get Kenny Moore outside, that would bump Nick Cross onto the field. That's more the youth movement. So to me, it, it just... At least it's a guy you haven't seen. It stings even more yeah. when it's the six-year veteran who's the undrafted free agent, who's a special teamer, who's not even used to playing outside corner. He's a slot corner that he's the guy that you try out there. This wasn't Jalen Jones getting burnt consistently. This wasn't, you know, Juju Brents. This wasn't, uh, you know, Amir Speed. For those unfamiliar with him, it's a guy the Colts claimed a six-round pick from New England last year. They claimed him a couple weeks ago. It'd be one thing, Andy, if we watched him, baptism by, by fire, and you're thinking, all right, We'll see what we got. Maybe what it looks like in October is like Bernard Ryman last year in October. And you fast forward to December, and now all of a sudden the moments look a little better. Like, that's not with Tony Brown. So, to me, on so many levels, you talk about in-game management with Shane Steichen. He's the head coach. Ultimately, he oversees Gus Bradley. He oversees Tony Brown. So, the inability to insert yourself and say, guys... They are picking on him like none other. It is drop back. No matter who is opposite Tony Brown, we're throwing at him. That, to me, just kind of adds to, um, I think, one of the very few Shane Steichen questions you have at this point of the season. But it is an important one when you talk about his career moving forward. Well, and and listen, in the 8 o'clock hour, I want to dive into how do you now feel about trading some of these guys away? And I, I mean, I really feel like we sit here at three and five KB and I can, I can try to sell you that this team can go be five and five, but guess what? The Carolina Panthers at home on Sunday are viewing you the same way that you have been viewing them. The New England Patriots in two weeks are viewing you as a chance to get a win in Germany just like you're viewing them. And I I, I feel like I would be silly here to try to sell any positivity of, well, this team can be 500 and then you get to the bye week and, you know, who knows no, about Tennessee. No, you can't Tennessee. go there right now. No, I I just, no. I just don't. I feel like this game for me was a breaking point, and I wonder a mini breaking point, and I wonder as well if Shane Steichen is calling what he wants to call, or is he looking at what's going on on the field as it pertains to the amount of throws and kind of game flow in the middle of a game. I worry about that a little bit. He's got a, he like he, he got you got Zach Moss and you got Jonathan Taylor. That's the strength of your football yeah, team. It, the, the, right? The vibes are almost like I'm so smart offensively. Watch me create this balance. You know, watch me get Gardner Minshew to have 330 yards and a big pass. And I'm like, dude, like just don't overthink it. I mean, Taylor and Moss is your strength. Run game, body blows, third quarter, fourth quarter, see what happens. The Saints are puking and diarrhea all week long. <laughs> Test that. <laughs> I mean that in all seriousness. I know they had diarrhea all they had diarrhea all week. Yeah, a handful yeah. of guys with illnesses on the injury report. IV bags My, galore Michael Sunday Thomas morning. Had nine IV bags. See is what, he what said. is going to happen. Well, plus the offensive line is your strength. Right. Is one of your strengths, along with again running backs who are averaging seven and six yards per carry. It's unbelievable. And, and I do want to make sure that, yes, again, the Tony Brown constant roasting, part of me, though, sits there and says, what did you expect? 
you kind of walked into this, and I don't yep. want to lose sight of this, Andy, because I know we can fall down the rabbit hole of just kind of two main storylines. Right. Abandoning the run, and then Tony Brown. Your defensive line, way too bleeping quiet. Yeah. Watch the third and 13 there, the game ceiling play. Third and 13, the Colts bring six. They You bring six, you either expect to A, get home to a statute quarterback, or B, disrupt the timing to where Carr can't... I mean, that was a beautiful in-stride ball the Carr threw to ice the game. Obviously, Tony Brown gets burnt, but the thought on that play is, we're bringing six, so that play can't happen. And you don't do that. Two hits against Derek Carr all game long for the, what, third or fourth Monday in a row. We talk about Quiddy Pay incredibly quiet as a pass rusher. And this was against the Saints offensive line, Andy, that had struggled. Had struggled to protect Carr. Um, and, and that, to me, honestly, might be more of an issue when you consider the investments. Tony Brown, it's more of what you think was going to happen. Sure. Your defensive line, it's, wait a minute, this is continuing to happen? Yeah, it could be Grover Stewart. It could be, listen, it could be a number of things. But Grover, but regardless, he ain't a pass rusher. No, regardless, you got to get to the quarterback. And they got to, I mean, the Saints basically got to open up their entire arsenal. I mean, they're running multiple running backs. Jamal Williams is back. I mean, Carr is a guy as well that you need to be, you need to hit Carr, right? I mean, he's a guy that gets shaken up a lot during games. Well, they have they talent on the jersey. perimeter. I mean, sure. Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, uh, Shahid is, a, is clearly a guy that can go over the top, and he has been that. So y- you've got to disrupt up front because if you, I mean, we've seen it. Colts fans are used to this with Carr. If you give him time, he can't operate like that. And again, I go back to last Thursday when I thought Carr looked broken for the majority of that game. Jacksonville got after him. And they really got him off his spot. Uh, and he has struggled this season. The Colts gave him way too big of an out. All right, uh, let's take some calls. 317-239-1070. Uh, let's begin with Paul. Paul, uh, stay as warm as you can on the uh, on the old mail routes this week, man. Yeah, I will. Thank you very much. Um, real fast, uh, it might be time to sit Gardner Minshew. These last three games, he has cost us with turnovers. I don't know what he was thinking, when he threw it up in uh in the third quarter to when that we when we had the twenty one to twenty lead. Also Shane Steichen, how can you have a running back with ninety yards in the first half and then he finishes the game with ninety five yards? Then the last thing, Chris Ballard, you cut our second best corner at the end of the preseason and you let him go as a rookie to another team. I don't understand anything that's been happening these last three weeks with my Colts. I love the Colts, but something has got to change. And if Gardner Minshew isn't the answer at backup quarterback, play Sam Ellinger Ugh. because what could be worse? I, I know you. I know a lot of people don't want to hear it, but what is Gardner Minshew doing? Nothing except turning the ball over to the other team. Paul, thank you. High energy from Paul on the mail route here. Good luck. Hopefully, I'm just picturing him just kicking leaves as he's going house to house. He's thinking just throwing about, those packages. That's a miserable door. job today and tomorrow. About, and coming gosh, up in the next few months. Uh, ugly. Get the boots out. Bless uh, you, Paul. One, th- I want to toss the Minshew Ellinger thing at you. One thing to note, because I mentioned this earlier in the show, I was able to look it up during the break. Uh, Taylor and Moss, again, both of them double-digit carries, both of them over six yards per carry. Third time in the 40-year history of the Indianapolis Colts franchise, they've had a pair of running backs do that in a game. 
third time in the 40-year history you've had that sort of run production, and yet we sit here on a Monday, and we're talking about Gardner Minshew throwing it 18 times more than those who touched. And Andy, it's not like they even touched in the pass game. You know, you know Taylor. There's times, hey, get him some sure, touches. He, he had one of those in the past. One game, of those in the fourth quarter for two yards. One catch. Uh, I asked that question after I know the game in my five things learned. I don't know. I don't think I'm one thousand percent on this Monday morning. You've got to bench Minshew. What are you? Okay, you're you're not gonna like my answer. I'm an I don't care on this. I, I don't feel I'm not gonna yell and scream and be passionate one way or another. Is that because or, or, of or Ellinger or is that because yeah, of Minshew? Yeah, it, it's yes. Just okay. just okay. There's two things. Number one, I mean Sam Ellinger is a is a he's a third stringer. He's a fringe guy. Let's just be. Let's just say what it is. So the thought of him coming in and may I mean maybe you get a couple possessions where you can do something that might trick a defense. But in the end, no defensive coordinator is going to be wowed by anything that Sam Ellinger does. And then the second thing, I feel like the Steichen-Minchu relationship is a strong one. And I feel like Minchu is here because of Steichen. And I feel like Steichen trusts him. And that's kind of his guy. And so if he had to go to the backup route, this is his guy. But this is what we do with Gardner Minshew. He has a few games. It's what we do with backup quarterbacks. I mean, the Giants kind of did it with Tyrod Taylor. Does he need to start? Uh, the Bears did it. How did that go? That lasted one game. The Bears did this thing. Well, we bring him the backup quarterback and Minshew played some nice football and it's fun and he's got the long hair and everything else. And then, you know, when you kind of get into, okay, now teams have seen a lot of you. This is this is what happened. So, am I passionate about Sam Ellinger? If they if they made the move, fine. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to yell and scream about it. I'm not going to call for it. I'm not going to be overcritical if they do decide to do it. I mean, to, to me, it's a nothing burger right now. It just is. You know, I'm too tired to have this conversation, <laughs> and it's October 30th, so I'm not ready to have it either. But, Andy, if for some reason this goes down, the tracks that's going down right now, and if three straight turns into five straight, sure, you go to the bye. Sure. To me, it's Kellen Mond coming I, out of the bye. I, I don't and, disagree. And I know, again, yeah. there's not a conversation that I really want to have. And I'm not there. I want to make that clear here on October 30th. I've seen Sam Ellinger. So, to me, it's like, okay, the the former third-round pick in Mond, he's got a skill set that's somewhat intriguing. Obviously, it hasn't worked out. If you're going to do something at that point, three and seven, that's the route I would go. But, again, I don't think we're there right now with that. Uh, I believe Sam, speaking of Sam, uh, he wanted to talk some Gus Bradley. Is that right, Mark? One of many topics. Hey, hey Sam. Guys. Hey there, can you hear me? Loud and clear, brother. Awesome. The biggest thing, dude. So when we went into this season, remember we were hey, this is a top like twelve defense. For one, uh the biggest thing, obviously the Minshew turnover, we're driving, uh we throw a pick. It was twenty one twenty at that point. After that, we abandoned the run game. And with Minshew, yeah, it's for ratings. It makes losing exciting, I guess. But uh, it is what it is. Also, um, dude, third and 13, we're clawing back in the game. It was like 35-27. Tony Brown's been getting burnt all game. Gus Bradley calls press man. I wouldn't have called that in Madden. And (laughs) with with a full-on blitz, and we get burnt, sealed the game. So the defense has given up 40 points a game. Uh, the only thing to build on is 
Downs, Pittman, yeah, JT and Moss, our offensive line. Downs was great. I mean, we got to get, you know, IR5 back, and uh, the defense needs to find uh, – the defense has lost all it. I mean, they stick with the Halloween theme. Alvin Kamara ran a draw right up the middle, and uh, Leonard pulled a Casper <sighs> – and just disappear. <laughs> Look at that, Sam. <laughs> I'm telling you. Sam's giving us a, a Casper the Ghost reference here on Halloween Eve. About a headless horseman Absolutely reference love at some that point. By Sam. It is um it's kind of amazing to me, and I guess it, it's fitting in the Frank Reich week, and it's fitting that we watched Matt Eberflus last night on Sunday night football. I found it interesting, Andy, that the last two head coaches of the Colts, granted Chris Ballard you know, penned Matt Eberflus on Gus Bradley, and I guess in a way, although Shane Steichen, I think, would have gone the same route, Gus Bradley was kind of pinned on Shane Steichen. Two very offensive-minded head coaches, I would say two coaches that are more aggressive than most, they both have opted for defensive coordinators that don't fall anywhere near the aggressive angle to it, and are very, very gung-ho about these are our principles. These are our beliefs. These are our ways. We're not deviating from them at all. I, I, I was stunned that Tony Brown kept his job for all sixty minutes yesterday. Stunned. Like you have other. I mean, hell, I'll see Daryl Baker Jr. again. I tweeted out in game. Why not Kenny Moore outside? Move Julian Blackman, who played nickel corner for you last year. Why not move him down into that slot role? I. I the stubbornness for a 60-minute outing, in a way, I sat there and watched the 3rd and 13 to ice the game. It was a perfect ending. And I'm like, you know what? That is the yeah. cherry on top. Yeah, it like, really the, is. The, the, like, the Colts deserve that. Right, right. Brown gets beat. You get no pressure. Carr right. gets an easy throw, 51 yards. Boom. There's, there's the ball point, game. And at that point, Lucas yeah. Oil was about 50% full. Like, I mean, fans had already no. had enough. They talked about it on the broadcast. Sanchez is like, hey, don't be leaving yet. This is still a game. And literally, I think it was two plays later. Literally. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> he said it on and, first down, and on third down, they hit the big play. And you know what, Andy? Part of me wants to sit here and say, because, you know, Maddie Bowen and Rosie, granted, Rosie's three years old, uh, one of those exiting, part of me wants to be like, <laughs> come on, stay in your seats. It's a one-possession game. But you know what? When your product has told your home fan base, we've lost now nine of our last ten games in this, in this stadium, I don't blame fans. As much as I want to sit here and be a passionate, 60 minutes, stay all in, it's an awful weather day, you're going to be probably walking in the rain to your car, it's cold, and you know what's going to happen. We, like Everyone in the building almost knew what was going to happen. So those, whatever, 50% of fans that exited... They just knew the script before we all had to watch it unfold. All right, 8 o'clock hour. We'll continue this conversation. Plenty of calls to get to as well. It is an ugly, ugly-looking Monday morning in Indianapolis. Thank you, though, for spending it with us. Wake-up call, KB and Andy. All right, let's get... Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you about our goats of the weekend who is the goat i told you all that i was the greatest of all time jordan here's michael at the foul line a shot on elo that's what i'm talking about that's why he's hitting me that's why he's the goat the goat or goat (laughs) this guy sucks of the week all right 
I'm going to lead off. I have never been more proud of college students in quite some time. The spur of the moment execution, the dedication. I, I would venture to guess a little bit of engineering probably had to go into this as well. This is an all-caps GOAT, and that would be the student body of Kansas University Okay, for their ability to remove said goalpost from their stadium as they got their first win over Oklahoma in 26 years, their first top 10 home victory in 39 years. Think about that. Their first top 10 victory at home in 39 years. And did you see they got the goalposts all the way to the river? I did. Here's the only thing that I was confused about. All of that what, you're what it takes? No, I listen, I love what you're saying. But, so Kansas isn't one of these gutless schools then that had the field goal post to just lay down on its own. It was like motorized. I thought that was like the thing that you had to have now. I, I don't care how it was taken down. <laughs> I care more about getting the damn thing out of the stadium and having the dedication to get it all the way into the river. I was at, uh, now you're going to be this in, is Kansas football. Uh, listen, I understand I, what I it is. I don't know if the IU student section would have the ability to execute that and get it into, you know, like Griffey. Or Monroe. Well, here's what I would say to that. Um, yes, I think they would. IU football would need to give them a little bit more to cheer for, and you'd have to have a ton of alcohol uh, to get that done. But, I mean, hasn't that been the thing where they ruin the fun and the goalpost just lays uh, down on its own? Trust I thought, me. That I thought is, everybody had that now. Yeah, I, I, which is part, okay, that's fine. But then to get the thing out of the stadium oh, and, yeah, and to get fantastic. it in the river. Unbelievable by Kansas. Now, I was there at a, this is many, many years ago, like 15 years ago, at a Georgia Tech game where they beat, I believe they beat Auburn. Remember Jason Campbell? Oh, he had more than a cup of coffee oh, in the sure. NFL. Yeah, Jason, yeah, yeah. Uh, Washington, when they were the 16, Redskins. And, oh, yeah. And they beat Auburn and they carried it and they carried it out of the stadium. I'd, so I've been like, and I've been like around students that have done that. I've obviously never done that. I mean, you need uh, but dozens of students no, you, banding together. Yep. Spur of the moment. I don't yes, think sir. You, I don't think you come together on a Friday night and say, guys, if we win, this is what we're doing. And I, you know, Johnny, for, you know, sophomore Johnny, you get three of your boys, <laughs> and they're they're big guys. You get the base of the goalpost. Beautiful execution. Uh, where are you guys going for your? I'm gonna go. go listen, I'm gonna go with Will Levis. Uh, I'm gonna go. He's gonna oh. be my. Yeah, I'm gonna go with because I was so wrong. maturity by no, you. No, no, I need I need to eat crow uh, at least for one game. I was wrong about Will Levis. I thought he would throw multiple interceptions. He didn't. He took care of the football. He hit four touchdowns. They ran the ball around him, and plus, you know, DeAndre Hopkins had to be happy. I mean, Hopkins is sitting over there like, just throw me the damn ball, anybody. I did love in the first, they got a first down or two with Levis, and then they put Malik Willis in the game to try to fumble. Yeah, and he immediately fumbled, like to try to do this Wildcat 2 QB BS. <laughs> Plop sounds beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mark, where are you going? Uh, go to the week. Good for me. Uh, Philadelphia wide receiver AJ oh Brown. Dude, what a freak. Good grief. The tear that this man is on right now. Bet over that the over. last six games, 49 catches, 830 yards, five touchdowns. He's the first player with six straight games of 125 yards or more per game. Absolutely insane. Again, that 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 last part, Mark. Six straight of at least one twenty-five. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's 
the element that really... His over-under was 81 and a half, or maybe it was 88 and a half. It was one or the other. I think maybe two weeks ago it was 81, and then last night, or uh, yesterday, it was 88 and a half. I've got two lowercase goats from the weekend, and one would be on the Milwaukee Bucks employee that thought it was a good idea to have <laughs> Flavor Flav sing oh, I meant to the dub national that sound. anthem. Mark, can you find that? I meant Maddie to dub Bowen, that. I have not seen her laugh that loud at something in quite some time. The best was when they would pan the camera like to the players. <laughs> I emailed it to you. And to the staff members oh, of them it. just trying to keep their heads down during the anthem and not smirk, laugh, <laughs> chuckle. Hell of an effort by Flavor Flav. I used to watch his show back in the day. Oh yeah, Flavor of Love. Uh-huh. I, I did not see any of those women on was the floor it, with it, him during it, his national it, anthem. Was it Bridget? Wasn't she like a like a ex? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Is that who it was? Hell of an effort by Mr. Flav. I, I want to commend him for that. I'm going to my <laughs> lowercase goat for the Bucks employee. The thought. Let's get him. Well, my brother, Mike. my brother, who is an avid Bucks fan, he lives in Milwaukee. He said that is. I asked him yesterday because he was going to the game. I said, "What the hell?" He's like, "That's actually not the first time he's done that. Really? He's done this multiple times." What's the why? I don't know. He must be just a, a buck. I mean, they have these Boy Scouts holding the flags, <laughs> and I mean, like it's not a joke. The little right. nine-year-old's like in a pee his pants. He's like, "Wait, is this serious right now? No. I gotta do this for the whole song." He said, "This isn't the first time he's been at a Bucks game, so maybe he's genuinely a fan. Not sure, but this is not his first time. If you haven't seen it, certainly the Google singing that. of the Star Spangled Banner performed tonight <laughs> by six-time Grammy Award-nominated rapper and artist Flava Flav." <laughs> Clock looks prestigious. Oh, he looked great. Again, nothing against Mr. Flav. Oh, oh, say. Can I wish we could play the whole thing. <laughs> by the dawn. Okay, I think that's. You enough. know what it reminds the me. The end of? was tremendous. Okay, yeah, just do that on your on your lunch break because I know we're up against let, it. Yeah, let me quiz you two guys during the All Star Game a few years ago. Uh, I want to say it was 2018. Do you remember who sang the national anthem at the NBA All-Star Game? There's the viral video that's still fantastic, and it circulated yesterday because of Flavor Flav, where the players are all laughing. You have KD, LeBron. No, it's not. It was Fergie. I don't know if I recall that one. No, go back. Remember, it's the one where Draymond's laughing and Clay Thompson's laughing and Curry and uh, all the guys are trying to <laughs> are trying to not forewarning towards the Pacers <laughs> in the NBA for this year's All Star Game. Uh, I know we're up against it. Lowercase uh, goats. What just, do you guys got? Just, I'll, I'll do mine real quick. Are you going to go Tony Brown? I, uh, are you going it, Gus Bradley? Listen, I can, I can. We we've, we've harped on those guys for the better part of three hours. You have a fourth and a half yard at your seventeen yard line. And instead of going for it and ending the game, you kick a field goal with a guy who shanked multiple kicks, who's having a terrible year, it's in the rain, your holder stinks, and he's got a bad leg, and you send Graham Gano to go out there, and uh, and the, it's Brian Dable. Brian Dable's had three games that are fireable uh, this year for the New York Giants, and to not go for it on fourth and a half yard there is ridiculous. Well, they got what he deserved. Stay in the Giants lane here. Tyrod Taylor and Tommy DeVito combining for 6 for 14 for minus 9 net passing yards. They were sacked four times. Lucky for Giants fans like Andy, 
Uh, the salvation is upon them. Daniel Jones cleared for contact. Yes. It can only go up, folks. And the Raiders, they have a chance to win that game. But Brian Minus Dable, nine. he has the ball fourth and a half yard at the 17. If you don't get it, there's going to be 20 seconds to go. They're going to have to go the length of the field. You don't. You kick it. You give them free yards. Ridiculous. Uh, I will also go with Halloween oh. weather. It's absolute bull what, what, what we're dealing yeah. with tomorrow bad for, for this kids. Halloween.